Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 guys. It's me, Tiffany, and it's Manja. We just want to say thank you, guys. You guys are amazing. Thanks to you, since we started our podcast, it was just me and Mandy listening (laughs) to ourselves, to now we get over 100,000 downloads a month. And I know it seems like that's awesome, but we could do even better, and we have a favor to ask. Just a tiny favor. If you could, please share our show. Share it on your social media. You can tag us at Brown Ambition Podcast. Take a screenshot of the show that you're listening to and share it on Twitter, on Insta, on Facebook. Tell a friend to tell a friend. You can tag us on social media. We're at Brown Ambition Podcast on Insta, at the BA Podcast on Twitter, and of course, our Facebook group. You can find us under Brown Ambition. Don't forget to tag our personal handles too. On Insta, I'm at Mandy Money, Mandy with an I, and Tiffany is at The Budget Nista. When you tag us, we will share your post and help amplify it even further. Thank y'all for all the love. This is just going to help us give us that little extra brown boost. Hey, 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 we're back, we're black, we're brown. Ambition, ambition, ambition. Hey, Mandra. Hey, how's it going? Um, it's going. <laughs> you know, just another week in our frigid tundra of a paradise. <laughs> just another day in the neighborhood. Just another day around the way. Get, get name that artist. Feeling good today. Mm-mm. Come on now. She's a Newark, New Jersey na- native. Feeling lovey. She's not a princess, but she's a queen. Oh, Latifa. <laughs> hey, we just talked about her. Thank you. That was such a like a game. She's not a queen, but she's a, or no, she's not a princess. She's a. That was good, though. You got a good, though. I'm going to give you, um, I'm going to give you partial use of your, your um black and brown card back. <laughs> Listen, why are you always holding that over my head? That's not fair. I can't come here. This is a safe space. I can't come here and be tested every day. It's not every day. But, you know, just, first of all, I just want to, for those of you who wrote me about Chinese jump rope, Thank you, because I was like, I'm not bugging. I used to play that in, out, side to side, on, in, out. And so a bunch of y'all were like, "Uh uh-huh. I remember. Was that last week's show? Mm -hmm. We got so much love for last week's show. I think people really appreciated. There was some positive energy flowing last week. So if you missed last week's episode, episode 252, go check it out. Go check it out. Stop what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You can come back to this one later. It's cool. Go ahead. Go back to the, we have some big news nuggets on the last one. So go check that episode out. Mm -hmm. Also, Chinese jump rope is a thing. Yes, it is. So, it's a thing. 
Uh, so uh, you want to just get get down with a get down, Mandra? Let's get down. <laughs> Let's get down. Do intro? So news. Go ahead, yeah, go ahead. Intro. <laughs> the so the socials and the the personal finance socials at least were going like nuts a few days ago when one David Ramsey, mm. who I don't even know what to call this man personal finance guru who just won't quit. Dave Ramsey was on Fox News, his home away from home, Mm. and went on a little mini, well, he was answering some questions about the stimulus and even about some progressive legislation that's being pushed to potentially free, uh, uh, relieve or forgive, cancel student loan debt. So in like a two and a half minute clip in this Fox interview, Dave <clears throat> he says a little something about people who may need a stimulus check. And yeah, people are pissed. So we're actually going to play it for you. So that way, because it's, Mandy pointed out that sometimes, you know, people talk about clips and things and there you folks who are listening have not gotten a chance to really listen. It's only two minutes, but we want to play it for you. Then discuss, aka drag him. Okay. <laughs> discuss. Well, I had I myself hadn't listened to the clip. I had read some of the articles that that mentioned his quote. But yeah, I do feel like if we're going to talk about it, let's listen to it. And a part of me is like, why give this man, you know, a bigger platform than he already has. But, you know, I, I even think some of our Brown Ambition listeners are Dave Ramsey fans. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, friends of mine have benefited from his his uh, his his empire of financial wisdom and all of that. So people still turn to him for advice. So I think it's worth it's worth hearing him out, and then we can talk about sort of what he said. So let me get my little clip up here and play it for y'all. All right. So here is Dave Ramsey on Fox News last week talking about a couple different personal finance agenda items on the progressives list. Well, to start with, we need to understand we got $1.7 trillion in student loan debt. $192 billion out of that, not so much. Let's do some ratios, folks. If we're going to do math, we probably ought to play math. Now, on top of that, when you dig into it, the whole idea that that student loans being forgiven is going to stimulate the economy, that assumes that people were getting ready to pay them off this year and instead would use that same $40,000 that they were getting ready to pay off their student loan and stimulate the economy with it. Again, that's economic hogwash. It's smoke and mirrors. It's simply not going to happen. Dave, I just think there's a, there's a moral hazard doing this. You're oh, young. absolutely. You, you signed a financial contract. You have an obligation to pay that money back. Absolutely. And well, listen, there's some situations where folks are hurting and this thing has become, it's gotten completely out of hand. Yeah. I mean, there are people's lives who have been destroyed by this program. Somebody needs some relief somewhere. I'm fine with that. But this has nothing to do with really helping people. This is a political gimme by progressives simply trying to buy votes. And we know that because when you go from 10000 in forgiveness to 50000 in forgiveness, the people who benefit are not lower income people. The vast majority of people that have an average income or less have less than $10,000 in student loan debt. The vast majority of people who would be blessed by moving it from 10 to 50 are high income earners. So again, this is all political rhetoric. It's not reality. You come from an interesting perspective. You talk to Americans across the country every day on your radio program. What, what, What do you believe is the right number or the right answer for a, for the next stimulus check? 
Well, I don't believe in a stimulus check because if $600 or $1,400 changes your life, you were pretty much screwed already. You got other issues going on. Uh, you have a you have a career problem, you have a debt problem, you have a relationship problem, you have a mental health problem. Something else is going on. If $600 changes your life, and that's not talking down to folks. I've been bankrupt. I've been broke, and I work with people every day who are hurting. I love people. I want people to be lifted up. But this is again, it is it is just political rhetoric, and it's just throwing dollars out there. It's peeing on a forest fire. It's absolutely ridiculous. So can I start with a little shade real quick? <clears throat> Take it away. Okay. So the, the anchor said to Dave Ramsey, you talking about the people in general who'd be looking for assistance, you signed a contract. You have a moral obligation to pay what's owed <clears throat> from DaveRamsey.com. Dave's bankruptcy story from his site. Did you know Dave Ramsey filed for bankruptcy. I'm reading verbatim. He has he had earned a net worth of over $1 million by the time he was 26. But in September 1988, it all came crashing down when the bank called the notes of his loans, the contracts that he was morally obligated to pay. He was left totally broke and completely broken. <clears throat> so this is also from his site. Do you know what does filing for bankruptcy means. When you go through the process of filing for bankruptcy, you are telling the courts you can't pay your debts. Set up through federal laws, bankruptcy will cancel many of your debts so you can start fresh. Mm. So Dave Hypocrite Ramsey has filed for bankruptcy and gotten to restart his millionaire life. But you, oh, no, no, no. You person who's like, how possibly am I going to be able to feed my child, pay for my mortgage and my rent during a historic worldwide pandemic? Poo-poo on you for asking for assistance because you are morally obligated to pay for everything that you've ever borrowed. Uh, but not Dave Ramsey, though. <laughs> of course not him. So I just wanted to start with that piece of hypocritical shade. This man, quite honestly, and I don't really say it much, he's trash. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel better? I actually do. <sighs> Commence. I'm gonna, I'm tagging you in, man. I'm tagging you into the ropes. Your, your turn. Tap me in. Let me, let me in. Let me in. Well, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this. I just went on Twitter to see if Dave, you know, try... <laughs> Listen, I try to be a journalist sometimes, see if the man's come out and said anything um, in response to all this, uh, the 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 justified anger that people have toward this, the statement that he made on Fox News. And I can't even see his tweets because he blocked me. I don't, know, <laughs> I don't know when, but I've been blocked by Dave Ramsey. Maybe it's been for years. I do know that I was blacklisted by his people years ago when I was at Business Insider because I... Um, he had been basically talking about retirement and how you can expect like a 12% return on your retirement anyway. And I, and I wrote an article talking about how that's a little too rosy of a picture for the average investor to anticipate seven or sorry, 12% gains on their investment. Anyway, he didn't like that. And like, I got invited to a Dave Ramsey thing and then disinvited. It was a whole thing. Ooh. And I guess, I guess he's a little petty, Yes, but you know, for me, I think, ugh, I mean, uh, this for me is, 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 is a, a man who has benefited, I think from a, a certain rhetoric around, you know, financial advice that 
that uses shame against people yeah. and tries to make them feel small for having problems at all. And I don't think I think he is very much of a you know a, 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 an era of personal finance guruship that I I think is ending now. And I really feel like the the rise of a lot of more compassionate personal finance advice and education and frankly you know, the, a rise in diverse voices in, yes. in personal finance education so that he's not the only option for people and so that we have different perspectives. Because look, this is a perspective of a wealthy man yep. who has who is privileged in so many ways and has been put on a pedestal by so many people for his personal finance tips. And frankly, like how, you know, he, he's very far removed from the people that he helps every day or says yes, he helps he's every a, day. Let's, let's make, make sure it's the double W, the wealthy white man. So, yeah. <laughs> now, here's the thing that honestly also kind of pissed me off, not even kind of, just straight up pissed me off, is that he mentioned that he doesn't think that student loan forgiveness should be discussed going from $10,000 being forgiven up to $50,000. He's like, oh, that's not going to help anybody because this is what he's saying, if you remember from the clip, because um, most low-income folks um, don't have $50,000 or more of student loans to be forgiven. That's really going to help folks who are not struggling. What he fails to either intentionally or... um, unintentionally um, mentioned is that this would significantly help black student borrowers. But you know, Dave, God forbid the blacks should benefit other than when he's coming into your churches telling y'all you y'all ain't ish um, by his stuff. Um, so anyway, so according to where am I business inside of your old employer, I just want to kind of just give you some some stats, right? So according to Business Insider, 86.6% of black student borrowers um, uh, have federal loans in comparison to 59.9% of white students. So black students are, I mean, 86.6% are borrowing federal loans. That's tremendous, right? Even well-off black students carry more student loan debt than anyone else, right? The average black student graduate has well over um, $7,400 more student, more in student loan debt than, than their white peers. So not, right? So not that, that they have under 10,000, but 74% more debt. That's just crazy. So the gap widens over time. After four years, Black grads hold almost twice as much in student loan debt as their white counterparts at $53,000. So if if federal student loans could be forgiven up to $50,000, it would significantly help this community. I just, this is the same man that has said, I usually don't speak on him because quite honestly, I don't care about Dave Ramsey. I care about y'all. You know, but this is the same man that has said that money is not black or white. It's green. (laughs) I just the thought to say that tell that to the white man that came to my house and said that my house is worth thirty thousand dollars or less. There's another couple. Did you see this other couple in California recently, Mandy? Yes. They had to have their white friend come in. They got under appraised by over a half a million dollars stolen from these people. They had to fight their bank, ask their white friend, come in, be my wife, put up your white pictures, and their house was appraised at 500 something thousand dollars more. $500,000 in wealth that was almost lost to this family if they did not have a white friend. So money is not black or white as green is the 
wealthy white man perspective. And he's not dumb. Dave Ramsey's empire is like worth over $400 million, quite honestly, built on the backs of black and brown people because we allow him to spread his poisonous uh, brand of financial education into our community. Now, here's the thing. Are some of his principles sound? Yes, absolutely. Some of his principles are sound, but the lack of empathy the lack of connection to the community that truly needs service and and help, you can get that sound personal financial education from so many places, from someone who actually cares about your well-being. The some of the things that they, I'm not even gonna share because some of them has been shared behind the scenes. Some of the things that he's selling you are unconscionable, unconscionable. Steering you guys into insurance that is not for your benefits, steering you into financial products and services that line his pockets, $400 million. This is what he's made because he is so welcomed into our black and brown churches. You know, how much of that money has gone back into the community? Does he give to the Negro College Fund? Mm? You see him at the NAACP cookout? Mm? Is he pouring into that community? No, he is milking this community and then telling you to kiss his behind on the way out. But that's just me and my tea. <laughs> uh, I appreciate the tea. I mean, I feel like we need to balance this out. Let's talk. Let's let's name some names that yes. deserve some shine. Let's name some names. So who in personal finance education has got you excited? While I'm asking, I'm going to go because there was a really amazing Instagram post by a financial educator. Ooh, I need to share her name is Anna. But I'm thinking like investing Latina. What's her name? Yes. Julie? Julie. I love her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's amazing. Oh, Farnoosh Tarabi. Yes. We've had on the show. Patrice Gotta Washington. Love we love her. Lynette Calfani-Cox. Yes. You know, we love her. Um, I actually, honestly, I really like David Bach. He's a white man, a wealthy white man, but David Bach, he's the first time I ever read a compassionate financial educator. Like I read his book, um, The Automatic Millionaire and Smart Women Finish Rich, but the tone was so compassionate. I was shocked. And so he's another awesome one. Um, Man, I haven't thought about David Bach in a minute. Mm-hmm. Where's he at? I don't yeah, know. He's, he's got a bunch of he's in, books um, David Bach actually is in like in Italy. He just messaged me the other day to congratulate me on my on my um, magazine cover, my my um, money magazine cover. I honestly have always really, really liked uh, David Bach. There are a bunch. Broke Millennial. That's Aaron. She's awesome. Ramit, obviously. Um, yep. Jaspreet Singh from Minority uh, Mindset. You know we love Jaspreet. Fantastic. Journey to Launch. The Investing Tutor. I think that's Dr. Hans. Um, popcorn Finance. Chris Browning runs pipe Popcorn Finance. He's dope. Yes. Um, oh, here it is. Anna. Let me get back to her page. Do, do, do. Oh, there's also Brooke <gasps> Black Girl. Is that her name? Dasha. She's awesome. Oh, Marsha Barnes. Yes. From the Finance Bar. Yep. Love Marsha. Oh, obviously, Sandy. Um, yes, I am cheap. She's awesome. Um, there's just so have Tila there's I love Tila. Um, at the Ivy Investor. These are some investing folks. She's awesome. Um, Courtney. Love it. So this is Anna Nijay Conti. She's a CFP. I hope I pronounced your name right. I'm sorry. I was just so excited to share you. So she actually posted on Instagram this week a post from a former colleague. So she's a certified financial planner. She used to work for a big financial institution. And one of her white colleagues posted on Twitter, just like not even in response to anything that she had done. She's she's since gone, since gone out on her own and, and started to build her brand as a financial educator. And he talks about, I'm going to try and summarize, she took some screenshots of his post and he's a CFP and he talks about how he was young, inexperienced, and his job asked him to train her 
in her job, basically. And then what he says is, had I not been clouded by my own ambition, Anna and I never really connected and she left not long after that request was made. If you don't know Anna, you should know she's a black woman and I'm clearly a white man. Not that I'm saying race was a direct factor, but there's no denying in my mind that our skin color played a subconscious role in my gender. My underqualified white ass being asked to teach an incredibly intelligent black woman anything. Looking back, I should have picked up on it then, but I didn't. Mm. So this is Anna, and you should definitely follow her on on, yes. on Insta. Yes. Um, There's also, Callie, we'll also put rich together and, a list of all these names. Yes, Rich and Regular. That's another one, too. And it's just such a, you know, it's funny you say that because there's a woman now. I'm not going to give too much information away, but she's basically being pushed out of her corporate role, even though she is dynamic. Um, and I'm not, I was about to list some of the schools that she went to because she's got her master's, she's got her bachelor's, but I think that would give too much away. But I just heard through the grapevine through a friend and they were just sharing how like, you know, and, and the company that she's being pushed out of is known for pushing black women out of high positions of power. I've known a handful of people that I know personally that have been pushed out once they got to a certain earning amount. And so thankfully, I, I, I we were looking the the. There's a role that's open in our in our company where we can pay her something not quite what she was making, but at least something comparable. So I'm hoping it'll be a fit. But it's just really, it's exhausting, yo. Like, I don't think people understand, like, if you are not black or brown and you're listening and you're hearing the like, because they're like, I feel like black and brown people, we go from rage to, to exhaustion to just like, all right, because I just want you to, for a minute, pretend that you are playing a game. Let's just say you're playing... um cards and someone says these are the rules for cards you know like you just have to match the two cards up and you're like okay so you start to play you start to win they're like oh no no the cards can't just match by number you also have to match by color and you're like oh okay but the person before they just matched by number no yeah yeah those were the old rules so you're like okay matching by number by color oh no 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 you start to win no 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 it's not just by number by color you also have to match by suit but you're like no but that's the other person that's not how that yeah but we changed the rules can you imagine playing a game that just when you start to figure it out, they change the rules and then blame you if you don't win? Like, well, girls, you just knew how to play the game better. It's like, no, you keep changing the rules on purpose so that I lose and then expect for me to be happy with whatever little crumbs I've been able to win with. It is the level of gall and audacity. That's why you couldn't pay me. I don't care if someone said, Tiffany, we'll give you $100 million to, to, to join corporate and to be mistreated in that way. I would never, only because, because I've been offered, but I want, the reason why I work do the budget NISA, it's not just for myself, but to be able to create a safe haven for women like me to be able to shine. Like we are on track to make $20 million this year. We pay our employees well. We get bonuses. When outside is open, we take them on trips that are all expense paid. You know, you have a baby, you get in a gift. You get married, you get in a gift. You know, we have a, a prayer um, channel in Slack. You need prayer, you get prayed over. Like, I want to create a super safe environment because it's trash out here in these streets. Like, there are a few places, like where Mandy's at now, like Ally, who really try, like, it's so funny, their name is Ally because they really try to be an ally and I've seen it. And, you know, they're one of the few financial institutions that I consent to work with when they've asked me because I see the way they navigate in this space. But it's few and far in between. And it is a level of, like, what what they basically tell Black people is that, one, you're never going to make as much. And if something belongs to you, 
the value is always less. If that is your home, it's worth this. If it's someone else's home, it's worth something else. How do you get ahead in that? Like, honestly, how does someone get ahead? Like, I just, I mean, I, I have worked my tail off and I have grown my, my, my net worth to multiple seven figures and someone can still come to my house and say, yeah, no, it's not worth what you think, you know, because, you know, black. Just like the level, it's just infuriating. And I just... Some days I just tap out and I'm just like, I can't. And other days, you know, I go back to the battle. But then, you know, y'all still give give energy to people like DR, who I honestly never mentioned because he's not worth, he's not worth the mention. If I share with you what he does behind the scenes when he's connecting with these financial influencers and the and what how he tries to take advantage of them, I mean, I don't get invited to his financial influencer summit. And I know why, because he knows damn well, I'm not going to let you take advantage of my brand. I mean, if I tell you some of, some of the stuff that people have told me behind the scenes and asked me not to share, but about what that looks like if you partner with him, and I use partner as loosely as possible because it's really just a takeover. It is, it is, where is the Christianity? I don't see it. You know, I'm sure this is going to get me super banned, but honestly, I could care less because that's what happens when you build your own shit because, you know, what what can he do? Is he going to tell who? who he's going to tell Dreamcatchers to what? Not mess with Tiffany no more? Try. But yeah, I just, it's just sickening and I'm over it. And I just wish, like he's already, he's never not going to be wealthy, but I just wish people would turn their gaze away from him and lean into those people who actually care about you. I'm not talking about me. There are so many folks out there who actually care about you and your journey. And um, he ain't it. He ain't it. And I will just say on the talk of stimulus checks, because this is an issue happening right now, like Congress needs to pass in their stimulus bill, people are bleeding. And the idea that, you know, the part of his quote where he says, if you don't, you know, he doesn't believe in a stimulus check because, quote, if $600 or $1,400 changes your life, you were pretty much screwed already. You got other issues going on. And he goes on to list career issues, relationships. What about a pandemic Girl. that no one could have predicted or prepared for? Like, I, anyone who's ever written the word save three to six months for an emergency fund, what help have we offered people? Like, honestly, it's been nearly a year of this pandemic. So the the gall and the audacity to say that if this changes your life, then you have other issues going on. You're right, dude. Like there are huge uncontrollable issues at stake here. Like people's lives have been upended by this pandemic and they do need a Band-Aid because they are bleeding and they're hemorrhaging and they need more than a Band-Aid, but they need something. And like if you if you go to the hospital and like, let's say, I don't know, you've got like you, you you're you having seizures and the reason, you know, they need to they need to find the underlying cause. They're not going to like not treat you for what you're going and presenting with today. They need to find the root cause, but you need to help people for what is going on now. And yes, there's a larger conversation to be had about, you know, what may be, you know, all the issues that are going on and why people are being hurt so badly by what's what's happening in our country right now. But let's just help people, you know, let's not let's not have this glare of of superiority and condescension when people genuinely need help. That to me is heartless, even though he says, you know, one breath later how he does care about people and wants to lift them up. But do you really? No. Like, where's the where's the empathy here? People don't people who, who care about people don't talk like that. People who who have taken advantage of the system and used the federal government to get their own debts wiped away don't look down at their nose at other people and pretend they care. They they Ramsey cares about his bank account. And he cares about you as long as it continues to feed his bank account. And so I, yeah, he, that's not care. 
um, Dr. Green, my coach, said it best. She said, because um, I told her I was worried about sharing that, like, oh, I want my book to be a bestseller, you know, get good with money. I'm like, oh, I want my book to be a bestseller. And she and I was uh, worried that that was arrogance. And she said, no, Tiffany, that's not arrogance. You, it's, it's okay to say I'd like to have a bestseller. Plug, getgoodwithmoney.com. Go ahead and pre-order. But she was like that arrogance is when you use your bigness to make other people feel small. What you're here, what you heard in that clip was him using his bigness to make you feel small because it makes him feel bigger. It's arrogance. And it has no place in service, in teaching, in financial education. It's arrogance and it's nasty. And it's not unexpected because this is the same man who literally had a Christmas party and told waiters, don't wear a mask because God forbid you should have a grandma at home. You know, forget about her. That's arrogance. This is the same person who's like, you know, there is no or doesn't really believe in Corona. Although, because I'm, I just don't understand how the whole world has said, you know what? Let's all pretend that there's this disease that's like killing people. Okay, China, you first. Okay, you too, Jamaica. Come on, Costa Rica. You don't want to play the game? The whole world, like, yo, it's arrogance. And the only way to combat arrogance is to ignore. And typically, I don't give him this much energy. You never hear me talk about DR. But I just felt like it had to be said. So hopefully you could tell your grandma and them, stop having this person in your church. And that's on that. <laughs> and that's on Mary Had a Little Lamb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is so, that is what it is to be black, right? Really, that mm. like, it could be some ish going down, but we don't find a reason to laugh now. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, humor is is the key to resilience, okay? How can you get through life without it? All right, well, let's take a quick break and we will be back with y'all's questions. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. All right, y'all, we are back with your questions. And please, please, please send us your questions. You can hit us up at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Insta. We are at brownambitionpodcast. Please follow us and you can slide into our DMs with questions. Of course, you can remain anonymous, although there's no shame in any of these questions. And ask us anything, you know, financials, investing, saving, career, relationship, uh, anything you want to know. We're here to help you. Just remember, we are not, Tiffany, what's our spiel? We are not financial advisors. We're not yes. your financial advisors. Okay. We are your, you know, your financial friends. Okay. Yes. And 
we'll tell you what we feel and what we have, you know, what we think based on our own advice and experience. But at the end of the day, always consult a professional for any real advice applicable to your, you know, circumstances. AKA sue your cousin, not us. Yeah. <laughs> sh- sh- sue, the, sue the guy at the barbecue who's like, you should get on the stock. All right, let's kick things off. All right, y'all, our first question comes from Jane. So she has a question. She wants to start her own business, and she's wondering, you know, should I, how how should I financially prepare? So let's get into Jane's question. First, I'm going to start with the the second half of her question because it gives some helpful context I think we should consider. So Jane says, I'm a single mother, 40 years old, with two children. I have a mortgage, student loans, and a car loan. I've saved a little over eight months of my noodle budget in a high-interest savings account, which I call my emergency fund, and I have almost $300,000 in retirement. I don't want to deplete my emergency savings in order to bridge the gap, but I'm not really sure what else I could conceivably do given the time horizon. All right. So backing up now, Jane is about to quit her job and go into entrepreneurship. She says she wants to do this in a year and start her own business, but she's scared to death. She wants to know, one, does it make sense for me to reduce my four, four, my current 401k contribution, which is currently set at 15% per paycheck, to set aside more money to help close that gap in income? Or are there any other options we can recommend to increase her savings or other actions she should be taking in consideration of her, what she calls, a pending leap into entrepreneurship? P.S. I do not carry consumer debt. Jane. So first of all, girl, you out here slaying these financial streets. Can we give her a round of applause? (laughs) I'm impressed. Single mom, 40, 300K in the bank. Girl. Some debt, mortgage, student loans, car loan, but no credit card debt. Girl, and eight months worth of savings. So just, I want you to just take a deep breath in and say, I'm doing the damn thing. Okay. Um, But then I, I, I asked Jane because I just, you know, wanted to know. Do you have to quit your job? I don't know what the the pending, you know, uh, business is, but I think people think that sometimes you have to be like a pure entrepreneur, and that's not necessarily so. Like I, before I started the budgetista, I mean, I was pushed out because my school closed, but I was doing budgetista stuff for about a year and a half, maybe two years, kind of really light while I was still teaching. I would do it in the morning. I would do it at night. I would during during nap time when the kids slept. Do you have to make this like hardcore leap? That's my concern because it can take a number of years. It did for me before you see a positive return on your investment and you have two children. So that is my question. Like, is there a reason why you can't say I am going to, you know, uh, stay at this job and start my new job or my new business as a side hustle until it makes enough for me to leave my main hustle? At least until it's making enough of what your noodle budget is. And maybe we could explain what noodle budget. That's just when like you're if you had to eat ramen noodles budget, like what's the what's the least expensive um amount of money you can live off of and still maintain health and safety and your basic, you know, your basic life needs. So um that's that. Or Jane, if you are gonna make the leap, I would have some side hustles lined up to make ends meet. Meaning, so I didn't make the leap from when I left uh, teaching. You know, my school closed, but I had babysitting jobs, tutoring jobs while I was building Budget Nista because Budget Nista did not make any money for the first, honestly, almost three years. But I supplemented with unemployment and tutoring and babysitting like crazy. So if you are going to leave your job, do you have kind of like side jobs you can do to make ends meet? Because you cannot... 
I, unless your business is already making money now, there's no way to know. I didn't know how long it was going to take for Budgetista to be in the black um, or at least in the black enough for me to be able to sustain myself. So that's just my only, like, not my only, but those are some of my concerns and my, and my suggestions is to have some side hustle jobs lined up. So if you need the space and time to, to start your business, um, you already know what your noodle budget is. Great. Maybe potentially stay at your job longer and don't leave until your new business makes enough for you to at least cover your noodle budget. Reducing 15% is, is really great and aggressive toward retirement. I wouldn't be mad if you said, you know what, I'm going to bring it down to 10% and use that extra five toward the business. I wouldn't be mad at that because to me, starting a business is also an investment, but you would still be saving a good amount or investing a good amount toward retirement. I'm not mad at that either. Yeah, I think in the fact that she hasn't said, I mean, she's got 300K saved for retirement. As long as you're not touching that, you're still letting that money sit there and grow. I mean, I I, I do feel like sometimes entrepreneurs, you'll hear them say they drained their 401k. Ugh, I did. Don't do that. Uh, yeah, you don't want to do that, um, Jane. So I think, I mean, that's a, that's a really comfortable amount of money to have saved by your by just 40 years old. So, I mean, that's commendable. And I see how you did it, saving 15% so aggressively. I personally have done that. I have scaled back my retirement contributions when we were renovating the home and we wanted to pay out of pocket versus take on debt. So, and I, you know, they make it really easy to go in there and at least the retirement plans I've used, yeah, make it easy to kind of like go from 15 to 12 or 11 or whatever, just to give yourself a little bit more cash flow. I think that's perfectly fine. I don't know that you're ever going to hit like the right number in terms of your savings to where you feel like, okay, and today is the day I have just enough to like quit my job and to start this life as an entrepreneur. I, I agree with Tiffany. I think the, there's a the side hustle that you're talking about. You know, do you think that there's a, a side hustle I could have? I kind of feel like you're starting your business is that side hustle. And you should be doing that while you have the, you know, the relative safety and security of that full-time job, you know, for your benefits and for the for the income that you have coming in. But, you know, you can be working toward that goal, but maybe don't be so strict about, okay, I'm going to hit this amount of money and then quit my job. And I sort of have to have, I'm just going to like leave. And my money is the only, you know, security and safety net that I'm going to have for a while. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that you're in really good shape. I don't see anything wrong with cutting back on the retirement. Yes. Just a smidge. And go for it. I mean, I know literally a single mother right now who has two kids and she is um, during, uh, during um, I was going to say Pantene, <laughs> during um, <laughs> Pandarosa, aka Pandemic, um, she started a business. It's looking like the business that she's starting, if all goes well, um, it'll probably make six figures its first year. Now, that's not common, but it's possible. You would have to know best based upon the, 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 the business that you're going into. It is possible to be in the black right away, but most businesses are not. So you want to give yourself space and, and time to not be. There's just so much that goes into starting a business. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would never choose anything else. I mean, I'm so glad that I did it, but... There is a lot in the financials in the beginning. It's very touch and go for most people. So being mindful of that. So I just, but I wish you well though, because if the the awesome part about having a business is that you're earning, there is no cap to your earning potential. Like I could yeah. reasonably one day take home eight figures. I mean, my business makes eight figures, but I'm talking about take home Tiffany making eight figures. That's, it's possible because when you have a business, that's possible. I might sell my company 
and somebody buys it for $50 million and my take home is $10 million. That's very, very, very possible. So that is one of the benefits. And although people think it's more freedom, it is, but isn't. It's a lot more work. I work just about not, I used to work seven days a week up until maybe like, um, a year ago. So now, you know, I, I do take my um weekend semi off, but I work a lot. Um, but at least it's work that I've chosen. You know, I get to look and say, I don't want to do that. I do want to do this. So I know I don't want to glamorize like entrepreneurship. It's hard as hell. Every other week I'm like, so you know what? Circle time seems real cute right about now. A, B, C, D. <laughs> Because it's hard. Oh, my God. It's hard. Really, really, really hard. And it's a lot of work. And I'm not going to lie. You have two kids. It's going to be a lot of time away from them, even if you're in the same house with them, because you're going to be putting so much work into the business. So I just want to prepare you for that. And that's okay. But I just want you to just know that I think people think that, you know, being an entrepreneur, like, because you see those, um, I'm sure you've seen the Mandy, like those like ads where it's like, do you want to be making money while on a private island? Yeah, that's BS. I think I've sufficiently blocked those from Instagram. I'm like, don't ever show me this again. Thank you. Yes, that'll, that's why you never see me. Like, as a budgetista, you see I never say, I'm going to teach you how to be a millionaire because I'm not saying it's not possible for you to become a millionaire, but the average person is likely not going to. But what I can 100% teach you is how to have the financial fundamentals I could teach you how to budget and save and those things because the millionaire aspect, one, you might not need that much in order to live the life that you so desire. And two, you might decide, like, I, for, for example, for myself, I've been really evaluating that now that I've gotten to a certain place, I want to switch from, uh, maybe I was saying, I tweeted the other day, like, I want to switch from 2000, 2000 Jay-Z to 2020 Jay-Z within the next five years. So 2000 Jay-Z was like the top of the charts, like, you know, hit song after hit song. And I remember seeing an interview where he said, that's really stressful because you always have to have the new hot-ish, you know? But 2020 Jay-Z, he's a lot more behind the scenes. He doesn't have to perform but he has a lot more business interest. And so that's that's the move that I'm making within the next five years for Budget Nista is that you see less of Tiffany, certainly Budget Nista, Literature Academy, you know, like Molly Moore, Get It With Money, all of my things, but less of me as a personality and just me more so behind the scenes, like making business happen because it's a lot less pressure. I don't have to be the new hot thing all the time. So um, just keeping that in mind too, that it's a lot of pressure in the beginning. But like I said, I would not literally never choose anything else because it's afforded me the opportunity to do things that I never would have imagined. Buying my house in cash, paying off my parents' house in cash, paying off my student loan in cash, being able to support family and friends when they were struggling. I mean, support, support, like I pay your rent for two years support, you know, like being able to set aside for my nieces and my nephew, making sure that college is on me and your first car is on me. We got it. So, you know, it's... There's a lot of trade-off, but to me, it's worth it. Remember that time you said you weren't ready to write a book on entrepreneurship? <laughs> I said I wasn't going to do it until I hit eight figures, yeah. But we hit mm, Okay. <laughs> but honestly, after Get Good With Money, child, I'm not going to lie. I gave my heart and soul to that book. If y'all have not pre-ordered it, don't make me strangle you. As hard as I worked on Get Good With Money, getgoodwithmoney.com. You better pre-order it because I put so much effort. Honestly, maybe one day we'll do an episode about like what it is to like you know write a book. Mandy, no one told me. Like, it's one thing to write it. That part was hard. Girl, this marketing, it, it finna kill me. I was like, oh my God, it's so much work though. Even if you have like, I'm I'm under Penguin, 
you have a major um, a publisher, the level of work, it's literally like I've got, I've got like five full-time jobs. I'm the CEO of the Literature Academy. Okay. Then this book, you know, the marketing, the marketing, marketing for the next month and a half. Okay. Then Molly Moore. So I don't know if I told you, but my, um, my children's book, Molly Moore, I wrote a treatment for it. And we have a couple of um, production companies that are interested in turning it to a, a children's show. That, mm-hmm. you know, exciting, but still work. You know, then on top of all the behind the scenes, I still got to get on and be like, hello, my name is Tiffany the Machinista, and here is five ways to fix your credit. <laughs> Girl. Like, there are days when I'm like, I don't know if I'm coming or going. And so it's, it's, it could be, I mean, thank God I've got the most patient husband because I, you know, it's a lot. And so I'm looking to reduce the allotness of it all. And because, yeah, I just, that I, you won't see me write another book, like a major book like this for a very long time. Although they've been asking me, I'm like, sis, if you don't get out of my face, I'm not doing it. It's, I mean, I want to be married, you know, I'm still trying to have this baby. You know, I have to have to have shoulder surgery like next week. It's something that I won't say it's light, but it's like same day surgery for like my shoulder that I pulled. And like, I got to I'm like, wait, OK, so I'll do CNN the day before. I'll like, no, after I'll do, you know, I'll I'll do today's show after after. Can you imagine? Like, no, sis, it's entrepreneurship. Once you get deep into it, it's not for the faint of heart. Like, I, I hate when people make it seem as super glamorous. No, like I. I'm tired half the time and I definitely work too much. I know that, but honestly, I don't know how to not work too much because it's got to get done. You know, there is no off button if I don't make sure it's done. And I have an amazing team. When I say an amazing team, an amazing team, but they still need to be led, you know? So like at the end of the day, you know, I, you know, I put in, I put in the work that's required for the level of success that I'm wanting. But lately I've been asking myself, is this enough? And I'm like, almost basically like, yeah. I mean, a hundred million sounds cute, but I don't think I got that in me. (laughs) I don't think I got that in me. I think like, yo, between 20 and 50 million, I'm good because I'm like, I want to actually have friends and I want to stay in love with my husband. I want to have a baby. And so there's, you know, there's a lot that you give up when you when you strike out on your own. It's not for everyone. It's not. And it's okay to have just a dope job that you love. Honestly, I loved teaching preschool. And I still would have retired on time if I taught preschool because I was investing my money. I was saving. I was living under my means. I had a condo then. You know, like, I loved teaching preschool. So don't feel bad about, you know, not joining the entrepreneur rank because a lot of parts of it is sucky over here. You know, um, there's a lot of benefits, but there's a lot that sucks. Like I definitely had less pressure when I taught preschool. I mean, like it was the babies. We got to play at the park, sing our ABCs, eat snack. And I was done at three and, you know, I got my summers off. There's something to be said for having a job that you like. So I'm definitely not here to be like, girl, be an entrepreneur. I'm like, no, do what you think is right for you. Know that there's benefits and there's, um, there's benefits and detriments to, to, to both sides, but yeah. It's- There's also levels. I mean, it's not like it's either, you know, it's zero or you are like at the budget needs to level of like multi businesses, like an entrepreneur can mean so many different things. Yes. You know, maybe it's starting your own bakery or starting your photography business. I know a lot of great people who run their shit and do their, you know, do their small business and they are, you know, they, they have that balance that they're looking for and it gives them their freedom. I mean, it's always the hustle, right? Because you're always in charge of your own destiny. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I I think that transparency is needed so that people can see 
I mean, I, I having watched, you know, for so long, you grow and, and build the the budget needs to empire. I feel like I've had a, a, a really good perspective of it's not been, it is not sunshine and roses, but I think that just makes it all the more impressive that, you know, you've built what you've built and continue to build. Yeah. But um, what is, what, what does coach Green say about all this? I kind of feel like this is a moment where I'm like, mm, maybe this is a coaching session. Yeah. Like, no, honestly, Tiffany's well, she always asked me like, stressed. when I, so for those of y'all who are just joining us, coach Green is my coach. She's a therapist, but she's not my therapist, but she's a coach. She has a coaching program. She's amazing. A sister with sister locks, um, just like mine. Um, so she is always the reason why, quite honestly and transparently, I hired Coach Green because I felt out of touch with Joy. I told her there was a moment where I felt like I was at this amazing restaurant, and I know the ambiance was great. I'm sure the food smelled great, and it was like the five-star food, and I could taste none of it. I could hear none of it. I could smell none of it. That I knew that my life was good, but I couldn't feel that my life was good. And it scared me. And it wasn't until I didn't even know. It wasn't the joy part that scared me. It was the fact that I also couldn't feel the sadness. Something happened that was like genuinely sad. And I was mentioning it to a friend. And she was like, wait, what, Tiffany? Like, that's, um, are, are you okay about it? And I was like, yeah. She's like, you're talking about it like you're just like, yeah, girl, they didn't have my cornflakes at Stop and Shop. But, you know, there's always a shop, right? And it was then that it clicked like, Tiffany, you're not, you're not feeling, you know, like you're not feeling joy and you're not feeling sadness. What happened? It's almost like I lost my sense of my sense of taste and smell as it related to my emotions. And if you know me, I'm, a, I'm actually a pretty big crybaby. I'm somebody who feels deeply. And then all of a sudden I stopped. And so that's why I hired Dr. Green, I thought I needed like I well originally I hired um Stephanie, my therapist, the therapist coach that y'all done like uh and if you need a therapist coach, not therapist coach, therapist finder. What was it? Navi psych? I can think it's like NAV, Nav psych, something like that. Um Stephanie's amazing. So I met with her and told her, like, okay, I think I need a therapist. I have not had one in a number of years. I really need, you know, to help navigate and find a therapist. It's Navi Psych, N-A-V-I-P-S-Y-C-H. So Stephanie was the one who was like, mm, honestly, Tiffany, from what I'm hearing from you, you actually worked out a lot of your past issues because therapy typically is to help you resolve your past things and coaching is to help you resolve your current and future things. And she said, it actually sounds like you might need coaching more. So she looked, she looked, she looked, and she found Dr. Green, who is a therapist, but she's based in Georgia. So she actually can't be my therapist here in Jersey, but she could be my coach and she's been amazing. And we've just been working on it. And I have to say, honestly, within the first, it's been a couple of months, I have been feeling not 100%, but I would say right now I'm at 75% of regaining that joy and like really figuring out why is it that I was out of alignment. It was not because of the joy component, but because there was so much going on that I had, there was a defense mechanism of like, not wanting to feel the sadness, you know? So as a result of turning that off, when you turn that off, you also turn off your capacity to feel joy, you know? And not really, honestly, not the sadness of work, not the sadness, I mean, because I've been struggling with, I don't cry. I've been struggling with fertility. And I'm really worried that I might not never have a baby. And so I have not wanted to feel this. Um, 
Honestly, I have not even cried about it. I'm actually surprised I'm crying now. This is a testament to oh, Dr. Green that I'm actually able to cry about it because I have not allowed myself to because I don't want to feel it. And as a result, though, I have not been as joyful because I have not wanted to be sad. So, mm. you know, it's hard, honestly, because, like, I can honestly say, Mandy, that I have a really good life, like... Me and Superman, my husband, we have never been closer. Like, it's been really great. Like, I didn't grow up with, like, the best relationship with my parents just because I was, like, I don't know. I wasn't, like, some wild kid, but I was, quote-unquote, Nigerian wild, like, you know, not getting the best grades. <laughs> and so, um, but, you know, but we have such a great relationship now. Like, I've always had a good relationship with my sisters. It's, it's only even closer now than ever before. Like, so I have to say that, like, other than that, my life is really good. So sometimes I feel guilty about feeling sad about that part. You know, the budgetista is doing well. I mean, is it a lot of work at the budgetista? Yeah, but honestly, like I've got an amazing team full of black and brown women mostly who just are so supportive and loving and kind. I mean, I have a really good life, but there's that part. So I have not been wanting to feel that because you will hear me. Like I mean, if you listen to past, um, well, like past. Um, podcast episodes, like when I'm talking about fertility and how matter of fact I sound, it's because I I wasn't allowing myself to feel the sadness and the disappointment. So as a result, I have not been able to feel the joy of what is already here. And so that's why I hired um, Dr. Green is so I can feel again. But this part sucks because who the hell wants to feel sad? I don't, <laughs> you know? Mm. Um, so yeah, but I mean, I'm grateful for it either way because me actually crying now is good because it means that she's actually like, I can honestly say, Mandy, I mean, I've had, it's been almost three years. I've had probably like 10 different surgeries, fibroid surgery, scar removal surgery, like four different. I mean, and then I've had two miscarriages and like at least five or six transfers that not, have not worked. Transfers are when they put the baby inside you and hope that it grows. It has not. So like, it's been a lot. And I can honestly say, Mandy, in the three years, I have not cried. You know, so the fact that I'm crying now means it's a testament to Dr. Green's work because it means that, like, I'm allowing myself to feel again, which means that I can also feel feel joy again. But, yeah, it's just I know everybody mm -hmm. sees me as like happy, happy, go lucky, Tiffany. And honestly, I am happy, but it, it's hard, you know, because I see like my because you feel like, damn, what's wrong with me? You know, like my mom has five kids. And honestly, I just always just assume that like, well, girl, you know. Like, of course, yeah. you're going to be able to have kids, but I don't know. I mean, I'm 41 now, so it's not like, oh, well, girl, you got like 10 more years. I don't. I don't. I have one good embryo left. Um, and if this doesn't work, I don't know. So, yeah. I'm having a hard time finding words to say because <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> um, I think I'm just I'm proud, but I'm also, you know, I think it's poignant to talk about the pain and the joy. And earlier we kind of joked about how we can always find us. Like we always have a sense of humor, even when, you know, life is dragging you as a black woman in this country. But I feel like it's so true until you can allow yourself to know what pain is and to understand what pain is. I mean, that, that opens you up to also understand what the joy is like. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I mean, obviously you have so much to be joyful and grateful about, but 
sitting with those feelings, those uncomfortable feelings is a, is a muscle that a lot of people don't know how to flex. And I do, I feel like a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of folks out there are in a moment where they're avoiding that feeling. They're avoiding the thoughts or avoiding the pain. And I think this pandemic honestly has, has removed some of those mechanisms that we would use to, you know, move on or stay, you know, be busy or, or avoid certain feelings and things like that. And I'm just really glad that it's led you in this direction to get the coaching that is being so like fulfilling and opening you up. And I think letting you access a different level of just hopefully joy. And well, thank you for sharing that. And I know you're not alone. You have to know you're not alone. I know. Um, it doesn't make it easier in your struggle probably, but I know that you sharing this is is powerful. And you know, I hope that people are listening and nodding their heads and there is no shame. There is absolutely no shame in, in what you're going through. Um, and you're not alone. And I just virtual hug. <laughs> I virtual hug. No, I appreciate you, Mandy. And it and it has opened up the joy because I've been feeling like way more like I was just looking at my husband Gerald the other day and I was just like, oh man, I I really, really, really love him. And I mean, I've always loved him, obviously, but I realized that feeling I was feeling was a was that flood of like, oh, this is what you've been locked out of this like intense feeling of like joy of love for him because I was not allowing myself to feel the other side. So it just, I mean, as much as it's hard to feel this part, it also means I get the other part. So for those of you who are listening, I'm sure like, if you're anything like me, when I hear somebody else crying, I'm like, well, I guess I'm crying too. <laughs> right? But No, I have a cold dead heart. So I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> but I do hope that, you know, and I share that to be transparent because I want one you know, that I think it's important for you to see that we're not perfect over here. You know, like it's not, you know. Speak for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, I just was always like, so like I was appreciative when you shared how hard it is when Rio came and you were like, yeah, I think this is too much. Yeah, that was the worst. You know, that that it was too much. And I think that was real. I think it's important that women especially share like the range of what it looks like, you know, because you can look at Mandy and be like, I mean, what you've done, like, you know, joining Ally and like, that's a huge position. That's, that's huge, especially at such a young age, but it doesn't mean that Manny doesn't have struggles. And what I've been able to do at the, as the budgetista, you've gotten to see us both grow up if you've, if you've listened, but it doesn't mean that I also don't have struggles. So whatever is happening in your life, like it's just, there's just a range and hopefully you'll be able to feel the fullness of that range. So, yeah. I think pain is power. Too. I think it also makes you more empathetic. I I don't know how. And, you know, I think about Biden being in the White House and how much pain he's gone through personally and how he's always shared that and his compassion and empathy. And that's what we need more of. So I'm all for it. I think, I mean, not to be too corny, but pain is a privilege in a way because it means that you're still here, you know, mm. to be in pain, to have the privilege of waking up each day, regardless of what's going on, you know. You, you know, every day we have a chance to be here and to put our best foot forward. And some days are bad and some days are good. But I think on the worst days when you're feeling your lowest, the one thing that the mantra for me is that this is not forever. You Mm. know, today we'll, you know, if we're privileged, we'll have another day. And this feeling that I have right now of hopelessness or stress or anxiety or pain, it won't last forever. And there's, you have to see it and sit with it, but you can look at it and sort of, for me, let it pass you know, let it wave over you. And then you'll, you know, hopefully, hopefully get to a a more joyful and happy place. And if that wave comes back, it will pass. 
but it's not about ignoring it. It's just sort of like mm. riding it and and letting it and letting the pain hit you so that then you can really and you see it every day in your work. You know, you can look at people and what they're going through yes. and you you can look in their eyes and maybe it's not the same pain, or the same struggle, but we're all just doing our damn best. Yes. You know? <laughs> we're all just doing the best we can and we got to be there for each other. We have to. Um so pain, joy, you can share it here. You know that. Yeah, I know, Mandra. <laughs> I've and might this. I suggest getting a $10 strobe light for um, just any room in your house? Because honestly, it's the best $10 <laughs> I've ever spent. And I don't care if someone needs to take away my Amazon credit card, but $10, so much joy. First of all, on. I'm laughing because mm. you know Superman don't bought a strobe light, right? He did? Okay. <laughs> we have it See, I feel like me and Superman need to have a party, like a virtual strobe light party. It is so, it's the best. Yes. Put that strobe light on. <laughs> we dance with the baby for like two hours on Friday. I'm going to do it after this show. Like <laughs> Yo, we have party. these, he put it in the basement is two, and there's one that's, is it, is yours like voice or noise activated? Like if you clap. It, yes. Yes, he clap. Of course. <laughs> he got yes. that one. I'm like, I swear, you know, it's so funny how there are like patterns in your life. I look at the people that like I really connect and click with the most and how similar so so many of my friends are like you. Like you, Superman, my friend Rihanna, like my friend Cabral. There's, there's so many similar personality traits, you know, in like this, like, you know, like what I love so much about you, Mandy, is that you, because I'm someone who's like this people pleaser, but I always feel that you are just always so clear and concise. I hate people. And, and firm. <laughs> I know you have your times, but you know what I mean? Like to me as a, that I'm someone who avoids confrontation and you're like, no, I'm, I'm okay with, you know, because I'd rather it be said and done. And when I look at Superman, my husband, when I look at my friend Rihanna, when I look at you, when I look at Cabral, I, I see that. And I see that I'm surrounding my, myself with like just these amazing people that I'm better as a result of. And so... Just the fact that you have a strobe light like Superman, I'm like, of course Mandy does, because <laughs> that is so awesome. It feels good. $10, y'all. You can have your own. The thing is, we've been going out of our homes to get everything that we need. And I know, Tiffany, you were saying that you're like hitting a wall and you want to be out there. I've never felt more like this is all I need. Everything I need in the entire world in this house. If I can't get it, Amazon has <laughs> I've got the club. I got the booze. I got good food. I have my cousin who I adore. I have my like. I cannot I wait for my, been... my, um, my um my what's it called my bike my my Peloton. I'm like oof. I feel like that's gonna just bring a little extra juice in the house. So I can't wait for that. Ooh, you're gonna get a Peloton? Yeah, I told you. I didn't tell you I'm gonna get. I thought you were thinking about. It. I do, I didn't know. If yes, you were, I was like, you know what? There. Yes, I'm gonna get a Peloton because I'm like, you know, I just we oh, have a. You're gonna love it. I'm excited because I just feel like you know I already use my treadmill fairly regularly, but I'm like I think it would just be fun to have like a bike that will you know where I can connect with other people. I've heard like the Peloton groups are amazing. Yes, BGM, Black Girl Magic. Yes, I've heard that one. My friend Logan, my, my, my coworker Logan. funniest group of Black women in the entire country <laughs> in the Facebook group. I cannot, these, oh, these women, I love them. So I'm excited about that. I know this was a long question uh, segment. So yeah, I think what we were we talking I know. I think that's good, though. I feel like that's a good like uh, question segment. And we can wrap. Jane, are you okay? That's your name. <laughs> yes. Did you get everything you came for, Jane? <laughs> <laughs> James like that and a whole lot more and a whole lot more <laughs> uh, I love it well thank y'all again for the question that's, that's it for our question segment let's take a quick 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 little break and then we'll come back and do a booster break and we're back with a boost or a break are you going to boost Mandra or are you going to break I'm going to boost because I feel like we need some um, yes I was going to say <laughs> 
because, well, listen, I, you know, I could break, there's plenty to break about, but boosting, I just said it like, I really feel like my home has become this sanctuary and I have made the basement a dark, dismal basement with like storage and stuff. And I saw our household going toward like the stuff accumulation track. And I'm like, nope, nope, nipping that in a bud. So we did a big basement cleanup and it is officially Zen Den. And I am freaking stoked. And I'm so, I'm like kind of annoyed at myself that it took me a year to claim this space for myself. But now that it's, now that I've done it, I'm like, why didn't I do this sooner? I come down here during the day to just sit in my nice cushy armchair and just listen to music or turn on my strobe light and just dance it out because I can because there's because you can like being in your 30s is the best like being professional and just like I can do my job and then I can play and have a good time and I can do both things and just I'm I'm trying to access little small moments of joy like that like let me just have some space for myself spend the money that I work so hard to spend Mm -hmm. on something that feeds my soul and not stuff but how can how could clearing out this basement and getting rid of stuff and just giving me more space to breathe it just has it has made me immensely more happy this past week, just having a door I can close and come down here and get some work done. We painted the walls and it wasn't that expensive. You know, maybe I've spent thousand dollars tops just for like furniture and paint. And, you know, we got a cool curtain that just kind of covers up the two shelves I allowed my husband to keep for storage. And, you know, we put a little bit of like flooring down. I mean, a rug, it wasn't crazy amounts of money. And the time that my husband put into like installing outlets for me so I can plug in my desk. And, you know, I love him for that. But I'm very, very happy with the Zen Den. And I'm going to have to do I'm going to post on Insta later, like the before and after. I was going to say, I want to see. Yes. She's a work in progress, but she's mine. (laughs) And I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm going to do bookshelves and like a little, I want to, I kind of want to do like a little love seat. Maybe I can just like take a nap, you know, once in a while. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I love it. I'm so, so happy. And, you know, honestly, if I hadn't been banging around my house the past year, just like banging my head off the walls, looking for, you know, complaining about how no one gives me any privacy and how I'm always accessible to the baby and to my husband. Listen, no one was going to fix that problem. I had to just do it myself. So I am very happy now. Good. I am. I'm going to do like a a little boost and a bigger boost. So a little boost. I bought a ninja, one of those blenders girl. Cause I was like, you know what? I need to eat more vegetables, but sometimes I just don't feel like eating vegetables. So you just want to like suck them down. Yes. And I was like, so all that chewing. (laughs) Yes. So like ninja has like this, it's literally like, um, it's like the, the width of like, I guess the palm of your hand, it's really short. It's literally just for blending like smoothies, but you can make like also, I think like butter and like, I mean, and like ice cream or whatever, because it's just this small little base. And then you put the cup on top and because I don't like to clean the big old blender because I, I was doing that before and I just stopped making smoothies as a result. But this is literally just put the cup on top, blend your stuff. And it has been everything. The whole house. Supergirl has been so into it because we're trying to get her to eat more vegetables. And so we told her, like, at the very least, if you're not going to eat them, you have to drink them. So she makes a smoothie for herself every day and has been loving it. I have to say, I love when I say I love it, I love it. Amazon brought that to my house. So that was joy. Then we didn't really talk about, but we could just say, hey, um, Whitney, right? Youngest self-made billionaire with Bumble. Bumble went, um, they IPO'd, right? Oh, did you, I was like, Whitney, who? Houston? No, did Bumble? you did you buy any? Um, any? I did not buy any Bumble stock. 
I, I read about it. Should I buy some Bumble stock? No, I mean, this I is why know. I'm a terrible stock trader. <laughs> I just, I read about it and I forget. Like, I don't know. I need to set alerts for myself. No, I did not buy any Bumble. But what I really love is that this is like the comeback story of all comeback stories. So if you don't know about Bumble, so Bumble is like this social dating app where women get to make the first move. But what I love about Bumble is like, there's like, you can make like business connections. You could do Bumble best friend. We could just look for friendship. But what happened was that, she was early, I think she was uh, one of the co-founders of Tinder or an early executive of Tinder. I think she was like dating yes, one of the guys. Was Tinder. Right? Yeah. And they mm -hmm. basically- Yeah, she had like a, it was a bad falling out. Like yes. a bad scandal. And then they, yeah. but they really kind of like um, shamed her, like sexually shamed her, like in the, in the, in the Silicon Valley streets. It was really ugly. Then she went off to make Bumble and now- I mean, I don't know that there's any, not that obviously she's not doing this for payback because who cares about them, but I just love the fact that like, like the Phoenix, she rides from the ashes and created this amazing company where it's safe for women. And so I just, yeah, Bumble, she's a badass. And I love that she's like, she's a new mom. She's 31 years old. Um, not to say if you're 40 or 50 or 60, that's too late for you to do anything amazing. But I just love the fact that this is someone who was counted out after she was pushed out of something that she helped to make great. And they thought that they had taken her greatness, but she took it with her. And Bumble is proof positive of that. So Whitney Wolf, we salute you, girl. So that's just awesome. Oh, fabulous. Well, I love I love hearing that context, too, of her, her greater story. Mm -hmm. I'm going to check out Bumble. I mean, I, yeah. Bumble. What's the new? Is that the new dating? That's like a one. That's the one where women get to invite the mm -hmm, man first, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. mm, okay. I I love Bumble because my one of my good girlfriends she like used Bumble to meet friends. Yes. In the city, which I thought was just a stroke of brilliance because yeah, we're not all trying to hook up, and women love meeting women. Yes. Like to to make friends and connections. So, um, I love it. Yeah. Is your is, did your sister post about it in your secret um in your secret <laughs> stock? Surprisingly, uh, no. She's group? like she's a lot more conservative than people think. She um. She probably would say, let's wait and see. She's not really huge on IP. Well, that's not true. She She's more into like, um, I don't know. I feel like physical technology because she's an engineer. Um, so, you know, I'm going to ask her. I'm like, Karen, what do you think about Bumble? Because she didn't mention it, surprisingly enough. That to me is like, I mean, I like to, if I know something really deeply, I'll buy shares or, you know, something like that. But my little brother, he cracked me up just a quick side. He texted me. He's like, dang, Mandy, I invested in this weed company that my friends were talking about. <laughs> and I guess weed stocks had a huge week last week because I don't even remember why some legislation or something like that. And uh, he made $2,000, I think, in overnight. And he's like, man, I made $2,000. And I was like, I need you to quickly. I was working and I was busy. And I'm like, just Google unrealized gains right quick and just... <laughs> Just like, just because, because he's like, I learned what a stock was today. And I'm like, okay, oh I'm my glad God. that your friends talk. I love it. And, <laughs> Can you tell the people what is an silly. unrealized gain so that way they know? Well, when people say, oh, I made X amount of money on a stock, that basically means, you know, I bought it for $1. And then at the end of the day, the stock was valued by Wall Street for $10. And so I made, you know, 10X my $1. Cool. But did you make it? Like, is it in your bank? No, mm -hmm. it's unrealized, which means until you cash out, uh, sell the stock, and then, you know, take that money and bank it, you haven't really realized it. And then there's all, we talked about it, you know, um, in a couple episodes ago when we we're talking about GameStop, but there is a there's a tax element and and not to say that you, of course making money you're going to pay money cuz taxes but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't make that yes. money it's amazing you know my brother made 2k and even if uncle sam takes 40% cool he still made you know a nice chunk of change just by investing but i just feel like 
all the, yeah, you just, you should realize, you know, when you are trading, you know, you don't really make that, you don't really make that money until you, you know, cash it out. And then even then it's about a long-term, you know, it's a long-term view for me. So yeah, maybe Alex made 2K on his weed stock on Tuesday last week, but where is he going to be in 15 years? I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, so it kind of, yeah. So when you're investing, just, uh, just think about that. And he and and he he's joking about not knowing about stocks. I mean, he he may not know about like trading individual stocks, but that man has had a 401k for a long time. Like he at least just got in, opened his 401k, put his little 10% in and, and you know, he's been cruising. So playing with money in the stock market on top of that's gravy. Like that's icing on the cake. Yes. And now, so I just heard back from Carol. I said, what do you think about Bumble? She's like, I like them. She did an episode on that podcast, How I Built It. She said, all dating apps are going to continue to do well now that everyone is stuck at home. Look at her with her insight. So I'm not no, saying buy true. Bumble, but what I am saying that it might actually, if you are into investing, that so that's the kind of insight you're looking for. Like, huh, now that we're home, more people are likely going to be connecting online. Are there other stocks I might look into of, of companies, you know, that would uh, cater to folks who are looking for connection? That's how you really start to choose um, stocks is you're looking for some sort of trend and then you want to look at the company's financials to back up that trend. I love an ETF. And I think what I love most about ETFs right now, exchange traded funds, is that if there's a certain company that I'm a fan of, there's probably an ETF that contains shares of that fund. I mean, an ETF is basically a fund that holds, you know, different stocks from different companies, not a ton, but, you know, the, like the top the top holders and, you know, the top, the biggest part of an ETF might be like 10 companies. And like I invested in um, an ETF called the ARK Innovation ETF. This is me personally, just because I, you know, tech, big tech companies like Zoom and Slack and Tesla and um, other companies did like amazing to say the least this year. And for me, instead of having to choose one stock, an ETF made sense because you can trade them like stocks, yes. but you're actually buying pieces of several companies and it's less work. So I, um, my baby cousin who I've been kind of coaching lately, she's, she loves cosmetics. And I was like, yeah, I know there's like a cosmetic ETF out there. Like she's spending all her money at Ulta and whatever. And I'm like, where is it? Where is it? Where's an ETF? And like, what is the name of the, the, the parent company of all these brands? Mm. And it's like, somehow it's Louis Vuitton. I don't know. It's LMVH. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just looking through and I'm like, this is a great, you know, if you love a certain, like if you're into electronics or you're into beauty or you're into, I don't know, energy. Um, there's there's an ETF for everybody. And I think that that's that's my that's my, you know, yes. investing. No, no, I agree. Cause I'm not a like individual. I mean, I've done well just because I just did what Carol told me, but I'm taking my money and I'm running. Um, but no, I am an ETF uh uh I, you know, um, index fund fan myself, because honestly, I don't have time to do the research. I much rather get a basket of like of investments um, and then just kind of ride that weave. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think people criticize, you know, the big indexes like S&P 500 index funds because, well, they can criticize it because you're only ever going to do as good as like the general market does. And you won't get the big gains if like one sector in that market particularly performs well. So if you invest in an ETF that tracks a certain sector, like yes. a certain industry, then you're you're more likely to to ride their high waves on top, you know, and per outperform the S&P. So that's just... That's that. That's on that. But I still, I still, my 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 biggest holding is that S S and P index fund through Vanguard, and then I have my additional brokerage account, and that's where I kind of pick and I pick little ETFs, or I'll you know buy a stock there, buy a stock there. But I'm not, 
Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> Not here anyway. Uh, today was a good one. Shall we call it a show? Yes. We laughed. We cried. <laughs> we kiki. No. We felt joy, sadness, everything in between, anger. Oh, we had all the emotions. So when you get your Peloton, you're going to have the strobe light just like me. And then when you they play the music, Ooh, then the strobe light is like know. detecting. <laughs> I didn't even realize. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yes. Wow. And That's I, the best. I Turn laughed at him, off. but now I'm mm. like, wait, that is going to be such a vibe. Okay. Such a vibe. Have your own little party down <laughs> yeah. there. You got it. And then you can, we'll have to, we'll have to work on our leaderboard names. Well, of course, you'll be the budgetista. I'm Brown Ambition on Pelo if you guys want to follow. Yeah, I'm excited. How long is it going to take for your bike to get there, though? That's the Ugh, big... You know, forever. I ordered it, I want to say, a few weeks ago, and they basically told me there was, like, a 90-day or something too ridiculous. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but that's okay, though, because I'm, like, committed to, you know, I, I want to... I think, if anything, pandemic has taught me that you have to have things at home because you just don't know, you know. I actually right. like going outside and going for walks and things like that, but if I'm unable to, I like having something at home as well. And I love the fact that Supergirl, I hear her, like, on the phone, walking on the treadmill... So because she doesn't, you know, she's 14, so there's no gym for her, you know? And so, like, you know, like at school, like she would normally get exercise because she would be walking to class and walking up the steps and going to gym class. And the fact that she's not getting that, we're like, oh, we want her to stretch her legs. So um, she goes on the treadmill just of her own free will just to kind of like walk and like watch whatever show she's totally into right now. And so there's, it's just nice to have exercise in the house if you're able. Absolutely. And there's a YouTube video for everything if you don't have machines. Yes. Clutch. If you have steps, just walk up and down them bad boys. Your booty will be lifted. Okay. I'm saying. <laughs> All right, darling. We'll go get some, I don't know, relax. I hope you can relax. Or are you doing a 9 p.m. Instagram live no, or something? No, thank God. Okay. No. <laughs> no, I'm about to make myself a smoothie with my new ninja. Make a smoothie. <laughs> hug your boo. All right. I will. Thanks for opening up. I really, I love you a lot and um, thinking about you always. And I know everyone who listens is too. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye, Tiff. All right. Bye-bye. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.